Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones for him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. He who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, loves me still. Though I'm weak and very ill, from his shining throne on high, comes to watch me where I lie. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. Then his little child will take up to heaven for his dear sake. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Mama asked me if I was going to sing. That's a negative. Man, I've been so excited here recently with uh, the baptisms we've had and the way our church is growing and everything like that. And as I prepared for this message, it really came down to that, that excitement that uh, we've had here at Promised Land and really a simple concept that I want us to grasp tonight. If you will, stand with me as we read God's Word. John chapter 21 and verse 19 says this, This spake he signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. If you will, look to your neighbor and say, Jesus said, Follow me. Now look to your other neighbor and say, my command is Jesus said to follow me. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out to read your scripture, dear Lord. Dear Lord, help us to always be a church at Promised Land that's following your direction. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for your uh, blessing this church, dear Lord. Help us. 
as we dive into your scripture tonight and look at this thought so that we ourselves can truly be following after you. Forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. It seems as if that's a simple command. Follow me. But as I began to dig into this, as I began to think about this simple concept, follow me, my eyes and my horizon were broadened. You see, to follow Christ means to move from where you are. Change. Boy, we don't like that. That's like the kryptonite to our Superman. Right? Change. We don't, we don't like it. But following God does not mean that you will always be comfortable. Look at what's being said here. Take it just a scripture back in verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou was young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hand, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. That's not very comfortable. Ask Peter. God is speaking, or Christ himself is speaking to Peter here and saying, you're going to die on my behalf. Following him is not something that's always going to be comfortable. it's It's not something that we can look at and say, well, I can sit right here and I can glorify him. Well, you're not following You see, following also requires action. We cannot hook a hitch to Jesus and our lazy boy and jump on the ride. We've got to move. Following means action has to take place. As He moves, we respond. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's a great phrase. But that doesn't work in the church. As He moves, we move. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Follow me. Follow me. It means as He steps, we step. As as He moves, we move. As He works, we work. That's what the Scripture says. Follow me. That's the concept we have to go by. And And I'll take that back. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's all good and well in some things. If my sewer line ain't broke, I ain't gonna touch it. Okay? That makes, that makes good sense. But His command for me is to follow, to move, to do. We we can't put our faith in God and say we have faith in God without doing some kind of work. That's what James says over in James 2.18. I think you'll find this most fitting. This is exactly what Jesus is saying here by follow me. In James 2 and verse 18 it says... Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, and I have work, and and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. That's the way we show our faith. The way the way we show our faith is by the things we do, by the action that we follow after Christ. When we start acting and 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 moving on that work He's doing, that's our works. You know, as I was in uh, MBSF at Monticello, and you've probably heard me say this before, Rob Leonard said something I'll never forget. He said, I don't want to ask God to bless what I'm doing. I want to be a part of what God's blessing. 
What he does here at this church is in spite of me. It's in spite of Brother Josh. It's in spite of us. Because as humans, we are frail beings. But he is God on high. And, and when he works and he moves, it's in spite of us. I want to be a part of what he's blessing. That's why it says, follow after me. It doesn't say, precede me. It says, as I bless, as I, as I move, as I do, you do also. You know, I, I love Promised Land. And he has been working here so diligently, saving souls and, and filling our worship services on Sunday morning. He is doing amazing things here. He's moving. My question is, what action are we doing to follow after that? That's something that gets me excited. It's not something I sit back and I get depressed about. It's something we've got to be moving. That's what His Scripture requires. We've got to go forward. If we're following, we've got to do something. I want to remind us of this, though. Our follow may look different than someone else's follow. Look with me at verses 20 and 21. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned upon his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? And Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Peter was all concerned about what John was going to do. Hey, if I'm going to die, what's John going to do? I remember at seminary, in one of our classes, we talked about, uh, one of the, one of the teachers was talking about, uh, buying property closer to a major highway. I remember, uh, in that same group, one of the pastors in that group said, not quote, but paraphrase, my church missed an opportunity years ago to buy property next to a major highway. And that's why my church is failing. I thought to myself, Lord has something for your church today. You see, we can't dwell on the past. We can't dwell on the mistakes that we made in the past. And, and we, we've got to go forward today. The Lord's still alive, amen? He's alive today. And we've got to move forward from here. You see, we can't dwell on the mistakes that maybe a church has made in the past, but on the same light, we can't dwell on the success a church has had in the past. You, th- you say, whoa, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's good to remember the things that we've went through, the things that the Lord has accomplished here at Promised Land. But we can't let that be our driving force. We can't let that uh, rest in that. Well, man, do you remember back when, when so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so got saved? Praise the Lord, they got saved. But that in itself is not the reason we follow the Lord. We follow the Lord because we are saved. We are redeemed. And He's still alive and moving. And His command to me was not, was not dwell on what happened 20 years ago. It was follow me. Present, right now, do it today. You know, this isn't just an issue with our churches, but this is a personal issue. Well, oh, so-and-so is not a part of this ministry, so why should I? God may have called so-and-so to do something totally different than He's calling you to do. 
There are many methods to show forth Christ to the world we live in. Jesus Himself proved that. If you look at our text in John 21 and verse 25, it says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if it if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Jesus did many things. And He's calling us to follow Him. Some of the things He did, maybe, maybe uh, I don't think He's calling me to heal uh, lay my hands on and heal, okay? I, I think I can find Scripture to back that up, okay? But He is calling me to reach people. And, and, and like I said, we need to be about one Jesus. But this can, church can have many methods in doing that. Look at 1 Corinthians twelve, twelve. Why do we need... People doing different things and, and not doing the same thing because th- this is, I think this is something really scriptural here. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12, it says this For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Verse 17, If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased Him. Let's skip to verse 21. This is, this is where it hits home to me. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You know, I I think about that concept and, you know, could the eye say to the hand, I don't need you? Or could the hand say to the eye, I don't need you? Have you ever walked in a dark room? If it wasn't for my hands, I'd be all over that floor. You know what I'm saying? We have different members of our body to do different services for our body. Just like this church has many members, and the Lord, I believe, has equipped this church to do many ministries. But we all come back to one Jesus. That's what it's about. That's the following after me. Someone else's follow after you may not look like your follow after me. But listen, it's the same Jesus. And that's who we're following after. Even though our following may look different like Peter and John, none of them is less important than the other. Peter... Look, just look at verse 22 and 23 in our text there. Jesus saith unto him, If, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is, it, what is that to thee? 
follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die, but if I will, ta- I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? You see, Peter kind of upset along this thought that I've got to die and he doesn't. Peter, even though he would die in his ministry, he did some great things. His ministry led to many coming to know uh, Christ. Uh, His following fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus made here that he would die. And and you just could the list could go on and on. I think about Acts uh, as the sheep fell out and listen the door was open to the Gentiles. That's me, okay. Uh, and I, I can be saved because of Peter's ministry and what the Lord did through him. But even though Peter knew he would give his life, John's ministry was just as important. John's ministry, yes, it was different than Peter's. He was exiled to an isle called Patmos. You may remember that. And on that island, God gave John a revelation. Number one, the reason that revelation was was so important is I don't think we would have the complete New Testament without it. But it also gives Christians an incredible hope to know what's going to happen at the end times, to know that, that Jesus is coming again. I think we can find that elsewhere in Scripture, but Revelation and combining that with the rest of Scripture gives us a secure hope in Jesus Christ. John's ministry was just as important. I want to read to you some Scriptures as I look at the book of Revelation that give me an incredible hope. And I think they will you too. But Revelation chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Sorry, that's supposed to be verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. He, uh, verse 11 now. For he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Verse 17 of the same chapter. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in that in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth save saving he that receive it. You keep going in verses 26 and 27. It says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. Then you skip over to chapter 3 and verse 5. He said that he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And then verse 12. 
It says, He that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write unto him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write unto him my new name. And lastly, verse 21. To him that overcome will I grant to to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in His throne. John's ministry didn't need to look like Peter's ministry to write those words. John's ministry needed to look like his ministry. It needed to look like Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. And and you're following me, my following me. They may may not look anything alike. Lord, help, I hope you don't want to look like me. (laughs) But listen, none of them are any less important than the other. I know God has got great plans for you and I and, and this church. And I think about the two ministries we have the example of here. And they were men willing to follow whatever it cost them. We may judge what people around us are doing, doing for God, and contrast ourselves, but that's not following. Following is the command. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it costs, what change it may bring, following is following. I love the way William Cushing wrote it. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus anywhere Everywhere I will follow Him. That's where we need to be. Are we a church that's following Jesus? It means to move. It means change may be happening. But I want to be a church that's following Him. Let's get ready for a hymn of invitation. If you're here tonight and you've never been baptized, you're not following Him. Jesus set the example. He went to John the Baptist to give an example of what following Him looked like. And He was baptized. If you're here tonight and you've never confessed Him as Savior, it's time to start following Him.